Hello, everybody. It's me, Dr. Brandy here, and welcome to another episode of the Ignite Workplace Unity podcast, powered by the Calling All Allies Project, where we make DEI easy and we ignite workplace unity at companies and organizations all around the world. We just love us some DE and I. Like, it literally doesn't have to be that difficult. We want to make it easy for you. So please go to callingallallies.com and check out what we have going on and what we're all about. All right. So as you know, this season, we are doing Q&A. We're taking it all the way back to season one, where we were answering your burning questions. And I may, I just have to say, I've been enjoying not only listening to the questions, um, but answering them. I usually do not kind of prepare a response ahead of time. I kind of just feel it out. And just as if you would be asking one of our advisors, you know, so for some advice, that's how I like to answer these. So keep them coming. You can email team at callingallallies.com to submit your question. Okay, let's get into the question of today. Hi, Dr. Brandy. You have been given great insights. That's why I've been listening to your podcast. But our company has numerous celebrations based on our staff diversity. And we had been very welcoming of these celebrations at the start. I could say we were surprised at first when we were kind of forced to take part in it, though. So we could say that the staff are united, that we could use a little less events since it's actually starting to take away from our productivity, from all of the event prep and having to attend. It would have been great to kind of ease back, but management is so strict on our other work deadlines uh, that we doesn't give us any leeway to finish our work. We welcome the diversity in our ranks and the events, but we can't catch a break. What should we do? Okay, wow. Mm-mm-mm-mm. This is, this, I love this um, question because it reminds me of a lot of what we hear from, from our clients. Um, from some companies that have gone a little bit too far with making DEI synonymous with what the corporate world would dub heritage events, heritage celebrations. You know what that is. It's that calendar every single month and each month has a theme and every year in perpetuity, I guess, your company is going to maybe change the color of their company logo for 30 or 31 days. You're going to have that once a year Black History Month panel or conversation or event or acknowledgement. You're going to have that Women's History Month, right? So I'm kind of saying this with a little bit of sarcasm in my tone. And is there anything inherently wrong with celebrating various heritages of these kind of celebrations, um, you know, as a part of your DEI strategy? Absolutely not. In and of itself, the idea and the concept of this, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Let's start there. Where the issue is, and then I'll get back to this question, because you all know I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go around Robin's barn and till the soil and make sure we're good before I go directly to answering the question. Okay. What the issue is, is if your organization has adopted a brand of DEI or created their own brand of DEI that is only or mostly around, mostly meaning like 90% or more around these cultural acknowledgements and celebrations. That's great for like elementary school DEI. If that's the only thing you do for DEI, nothing's wrong with it. Again, 
<clears throat> I'm sure that the acknowledgement is helpful for people and makes people feel good. And I know some organizations that are actually doing really great work. They're, they're not being lazy about the heritage celebrations where they're going up. Oh, the logos changed again. <clears throat> We're acknowledging pride month or whatever it may be, but they're, they are really creating um, purposeful programs, impactful programs. They're, they're doing things differently instead of, Oh, let's have a panel. Let's just have, let's have a panel for this and a panel and a panel and a panel and a guest speaker to talk about the same kinds of things in the same kinds of ways. People can't even understand how it relates to their job or will, will make their personal experience better in life. It's just listening sessions. There's no type of behavior change. You know, it's, it's those kind of events that just they become redundant after a while. And inevitably, you'll notice that less and less people show up or some people show up because they feel obligated. They don't want to be the one that wasn't at the Black History Month. They're like, you're not going to. Chad is like, you're not going to not see my name on the Microsoft Teams for that Black History Month event. No, you are not. I'm going to be there. I might be doing work in the background, but I'm going to be there. Right. So you get a lot of performative sometimes, not all the time. People who are just showing up because they feel obligated. There isn't a real passion or real impact or a drive because they know it's going to happen every year. It's going to happen the same way. And the same people show up, same people don't show up. The same things don't change. Why have a women's history month, you know, to empower women event when uh, maybe the women in your organization don't feel empowered day in and day out, aren't treated equitably day in and day out. It's that kind of thing that I'm getting at. Right. We want to, we want to celebrate people year round. And not only give them that one designation of the month. The other thing I want to mention about this is there are so many different dimensions of diversity that could be celebrated that inevitably trying to really keep up with this heritage calendar. By doing that, you're missing so much more. You're missing so many other aspects of people's lives and identities and things like that. And the reason why people do these kind of events, and it's like identity DEI. Let's pick this. Let's acknowledge that. National, you have a blowout day. Let's do, let's acknowledge them. It's acknowledgement. And, and the premise has become perverted where organizations and even employees are asking and advocating for this. And they're upset if you don't acknowledge them. I can't believe you didn't even acknowledge me for this. And I'm thinking if you need your employer to acknowledge a, a part of your identity, if you need them to do that, that's an issue that you need to take up with for yourself and who you are. I don't have to walk into an organization or spend time in an organization and it won't make me or break me. Maybe that's just me. If they acknowledge my Irish heritage or not. I do have, I do have some Irish heritage down in there somewhere. I got my family tree. Y'all I can prove this. Oddly enough, it's on the Jamaican side, which is a whole nother conversation. You guys can go over to the diversity and confusion podcast. We can talk more, but let's keep it corporate. Let's keep it corporate. Right. Um, uh, I think that's an issue. And I think employers are also starting to, to put themselves on this weird pedestal that they, you know, almost as if you need their acknowledgement, you know, we want to acknowledge that group. Now they have our, bloop, you know, we are able to give you something, make you feel valuable by acknowledging you or not acknowledging. I never like <clears throat> situations or scenarios where we put the power in other people's, other entities, other organizations, hands to have to validate who we are. And it's become very toxic in some organizations. Planning these type of celebrations has become stressful in some organizations instead of fun and creative and exciting because people are taking this so seriously because God forbid, if we do this wrong for February, the shortest year of the month, 
for African American, we got to come through. It's like you you're taking this way too seriously. And I know why because there are employees who who are, they're they're serious. They're like that's the least you're going to do as my employer is do this and do it right and do it this way. I get it. I get it. I get all of the dynamics. What we have to do, though, is understand that DEI is more than heritage celebrations. Again, it's the elementary school level of DEI. Whether you like it or not, that I'm saying this is really irrelevant, but there's so much more that we can do in DEI. This should be a part of a larger strategy, a part of a larger DEI pie that you're baking for your organization. And if it is, you're on the right track. That being said, if your own employees can't barely get their work done because every time they turn around, <clears throat> there's this heritage of celebration or this event, um, this acknowledgement DEI sort of event that they that, again, they feel bad or they're strongly encouraged, kind of like softly mandated right to attend um, and it's digging into productivity. What's going to happen is you can get on your moral high horse and say, well, you're going to come. You can spend 90 minutes a month or an hour a month to come to an event. <clears throat> and for those of you planning the events, you can take your time that you should be you know, working on your work, plan all of our events, you know, and attend the events and do all of that, which is it's a lot, especially if that's not a part of your role. Because it's morally the right thing to do. You can give that cute little speech if you want to, but the more that you stress out your employees, the more that they are stretched too thin, the, the, the less engaged that they're going to be when they get there. They're not going to be um, appreciative of the programming that you do um, offer them. When they're there, they're not going to be engaged and, and really excited. <clears throat> You're going to be wasting your time and not getting those results that you want. They're not going to be present and be listening and things like that. And so um, you have to think about the balance. Um, maybe it's not mandatory for people to show up or like strongly socially encouraged because here's the thing. You really can't mandate stuff like that. But we know those kind of company cultures that are toxic. And even though it's not mandated, you better be there or else. So, right. So you may openly ask people, we're going to have 12 celebrations a year every four weeks you know we're doing these events these acknowledgements these celebrations and if if everyone can commit to attending four to six we would love that pick the four to six that you would like to attend really just to support to show allyship of course to learn and develop as a professional or whatever do something like that that's more balanced okay um and also really ask yourself why you are hell-bent on just forever doing these celebrations now, uh, is it a good look to probably cancel your Black History celebration next year? Because, you know, is it necessary? Probably not because we're not there yet. Organizations are not there yet. Um, the DEI industry is not there yet. I'm not recommending that. So, um, however, I am recommending transitioning into another form of DEI programming. Now, if you're a larger organization that has ERG groups that for different affinities and the groups are just doing their thing, they're doing right. Cause if you're in a larger organization, it's not, it's not mandated that people show up to those anyway. So that that's probably not the context that we're talking about. Larger or organizations, sometimes through their ERGs, they're, they're cranking out lots of events. There's usually a lot of overlap. There's usually too much, too many events for people to even attend there's usually stagnation in the number of people who can attend and who can make themselves available. One thing I will say is women's ERG groups. I don't, I don't know. They, 
they do a lot, okay? They do a lot and usually have the most engagement and attendance. And it's something about that women's corporate ERG group that just is always on fire all the time, right? Um, but can be complex and can get very com complex in and of itself. It's like they're doing way too much. They're doing that. This is way, this is like multifaceted just within that one women's ERG group. Um, and those who know, who know, if you're in a company, you, you're, you're probably chuckling right now. Cause you already know the women's ERG group is like, and they got the biggest budget. How they, how did they get all that money? We're still waiting over here for our little budget. The women's ERG group is, they're bringing in all type of top notch speakers and everything. Okay. So what I would say, um, and um, for the person who specifically, you know, wrote in and things like that is first and foremost, data is king. How can you present the organization with some data and feedback about how you're feeling? And it's going to be in those program evaluations. Now, if the program evaluations don't exist and you, we're not, they're not even doing that to get feedback from people, let's suggest that first. I, I mean, that's just a basic best practice to, to just get a pulse check on how people enjoyed the event. OK, if you already have it, great. Make sure to put your comments anonymously in those uh, programs. Hey, this is great. This is awesome. However, the time of day or the day of the week or the fact that we just had something similar to this three and a half weeks ago really makes it challenging every single time. Give that feedback so that they have the information they need, again, anonymously and consistently so that it's no one has to stick their neck out right in order to advocate for this the other thing I think uh, that which you may not get, but I think is warranted for you to ask is to ask for an end of the year impact report. How many programs did we have? What was the attendance for the program? Give us a chart on the feedback. You know, which programs were were um, well attended, were um, most enjoyed by people? Which were those programs? And ask for that data, you know, to hold your organization accountable to you there. They want to serve you. So. See if there's a way at the end of the year that you can ask for an impact report, something like that, I think could be great. And they may say impact report or what is that? Hey, just put together what have you done this year? <clears throat> and it's not for you to evaluate it or pick it apart or be critical. You know, you have to be mindful of your motives, but it's just to see. Let the record show how things have been going um, and how how everyone is responding to, um, you know, everything. So. That's another thing that you can do. Um, <clears throat> another thing that you may want to do interpersonally is talk with your manager and say, hey, I would love to get you that report on, on time on Friday, but the ABCDEFG event is happening during lunch. So that's going to push me back. I probably won't get it done until Monday. So either I can skip the event and get it done on time or I can um, get it to you on Monday or Tuesday of the following week. Like negotiate, be transparent, let people know you can't want productivity and want me to be at this particular event. And if they say no, get both done, then guess what? You may have to send, turn in a half finished, incomplete, not fully proofread report. Would I recommend that you do that? No, um, but there have to be natural and real consequences. So you may turn it in and say, hey, you wanted it still done by the deadline. Again, I got it done, but the last five pages are incomplete, but I still wanted to adhere to what you asked me to do was to, to get you what I could get done by the deadline. And this is all I could get done. They can finish it on their own or they can email you back and say, please complete it for which you're not going to stay up all night, Friday night and over the weekend and take time away from your family to complete it. 
that's not equitability. You're going to wait until you clock back in on Monday and you're going to get it done. Now, some people in some industries, they're going to say, Dr. Brandy, who the heck do you think you're talking to? Are you kidding me right now? That's not the company culture and that's not this and that's not that. Well, hey, you're not an advocate for equity. You're not. You're not. If, if you're saying no, 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 it's not realistic and this is that and they're going to get in trouble. And they're gonna, that's exactly why we have the industry of DE&I, because people would rather take time out of their weekend, inequitable, take they after communicating that that there is not enough hour to get something done. Their manager will go back and tell them to still get it all done and attend the event and really expect them to do that. And then have the nerve to try to chastise them if they do what's impossible to be able to do. And if so, if you're that person complaining back to me, telling me what I already know, which is they're going to be upset. They're going to be mad. This person might. Sure. They that that people are going to be upset. But at what point people can't have their cake and eat it, too? There have to be natural consequences for companies and organizations. And if you're that person that would rather take time away from your children and away from your family and for your peace of mind and for your work life balance because someone mandated that you got it done after you told them. Now, here's the thing. If you're taking on all the pressures of your job on your own and you're staying silent and you're not communicating that to anybody, that's on you. That's not inequitability. That's on you. But if you really honestly are behind or overwhelmed or whatever, and you mention it and you say, and, and they, you know, you try to strategize and provide an alternative and they just say tough, get it done. No, I'm not going to be able to get that. I'm going to log off at five o'clock and I have other plans and other things to do. If you're going to mandate that I go to that event and do that, I'm going to give you what I can get done on time. But it's those of us who would argue back and forth with me about it's not realistic. Some industries and some this and some deadlines. You're not an advocate for equity. Either we have to change our behavior or things will stay the same. So we, what you should be advocating for is, wow, Dr. Bernie, that would be awesome. In order for that to happen, managers need to do this. Managers need to be more understanding for that. Managers need to be, you know, the onus needs to be on the supervisor or the manager. Does that make sense in my little scenario? And shout out to the managers and supervisors out there and people managers. Woo, I do not envy your job and your role. Bless you, okay? This is not coming down on you, but that, that was my kind of fictitious example. So to the person who wrote this in, think about it. Uh, reflect on some of these. See what you can do. But let's maybe start with feedback and data. Um, and let's start there with those presentation evaluations and see if that helps you. Okay, that's it for today's episode. Appreciate you tuning in. Connect with us on LinkedIn, Calling All Allies Project. And you can go online to callingallallies.com and deimadeeasy.com to check out all of our amazing resources. With that being said, I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. You've been listening to the Ignite Workplace Unity Podcast. Head over to DEIMadeEasy.com to take advantage of a free professional development training that will help you crack the code on how to accelerate and sustain progress for your DEI initiatives.